Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Each episode is an excerpt from my radio show, The Financial Focus, where we answer questions from our listeners. Our goal is to help you increase your financial knowledge through these conversations of 10 minutes or less. What is an umbrella policy and do I need one? What is an umbrella policy and do I need one? Yeah, um, umbrella. basically what an umbrella policy does is it goes above the liability limits of your home and auto. So if you have, let's say, your homeowners, let's say on your homeowner's policy, you have a $500,000 liability limit and you've got to add a $1 million uh, umbrella policy, your liability in your home goes from $500,000 to $1.5 million. Same thing holds true on your auto policy. I think it's section 12 here in Mass where you, you know, most people have, uh, you know, 250, 500, 250 per driver, um, and then $500,000 cap. It actually goes above that limit. And what it does is it protects assets in the event that you get sued. Now, we know we live in a litigious society, so it can be very important coverage to have. Uh, and so what you have to do is you need to look at your, your current level of assets and determine how much, you know, you should have. But, you know, usually a good rule of thumb that we have, and it's just a rule of thumb, you got to take your own personal situation into, into account, but it's a minimum of a million or two times your net worth is a, is a reasonable range of, of where people can be. But it it's definitely depends on, on what your, your situation is. And there's ways to protect assets and things like that. But the, you buy umbrella policies, usually in million-dollar increments. Um, and the price you know, usually runs about, you know, maybe 300 per million per year, John, something like that. But there, there are additional charges for each vehicle you have or if you have a boat or if you have... Uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, what do they call those UTVs and ATVs? You can anything that things like that. You can put them on all those different uh, different automobiles or whatever it is you have, and have uh, all of it protected underneath the umbrella. Did so, you say three hundred per million? Yeah, generally. But then you've got. But then there's a cost. Right, but so I can get an extra million dollars of coverage just for three hundred dollars a year. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, it, it costs almost more than that to get comprehensive on your auto insurance. You, yeah, it'd it's, be cheaper to just get an umbrella policy than. Well, you like. have to have the underlying limits, uh, certain underlying limits to qualify. Most carriers are you say you have to have at least two fifty five hundred on your uh, on your auto, and then on the homeowners you got to have a minimum of five hundred to qualify for it in the first place. Okay. So, but it's very important coverage to have, and it's and to your point, John, it's actually cheap, and that's the that's the the deal with insurance. You spend pennies to protect thousands, and that's kind of what you're doing, you know, in a situation like this. So, it, it's almost one of those, you know, for for the folks that we work with, you know, people who have assets, uh, it's almost a, it's a it's almost a standard uh, a, a standard recommendation. It's just a matter of figuring out how much. Yeah, nobody likes to pay insurance premiums, but you know what? You know what you don't like more than that is having assets seized in the event of some kind of crazy lawsuit that's not doesn't even have to be your fault. And look at some of the things that happen out there. What if you're driving down the road, you're not paying attention, sun gets in your eyes and you 
and you uh, kill someone on the road. Well, you don't want to lose all the, all the things you've worked for over time, right? You want to have protection. And by the same token, you don't want to be that, that person who really injures somebody and has very little coverage to help the people you've injured. That's another reason to have umbrella coverage, not just for you. It actually protects somebody else from your mistake that you may have caused harm to them. So there are social reasons to, to have uh, that type of, of coverage as well. Um, on average, I find most people have less than what they should have on the liability side. I think it's really, uh, it's really important coverage to consider. And, you know, normally in the mail every year, all your, you know, your insurance agents uh, send around an email saying, you should consider an umbrella policy. And we get a thousand calls every year. Hey, Bob, you know, my insurance agent's recommending an umbrella policy. Do you think I should get one? And so, yeah, the, the, yeah. I mean, we've taught, you know, so at 300 per million, I've, you don't even have to be high net worth to afford that. It, it almost no, makes really sense don't. for just about even average middle class worker to, to, to invest in that just to protect themselves. It's not a lot of money. Now you start adding boats and ATVs, like you said, even if you get it up to a thousand a year, if you're, you know, you're worth a couple of million, then that's really. What's a thousand bucks if you're worth a few million? Not right? much. It's nothing. It really is. So it, uh, it's the kind of coverage that can go a long way. But the problem is with any insurance, everyone's skeptical when the agent recommends it to you because people know agents earn a commission and they know they're trying to sell a policy. So everybody's always thinking, well, are they, is this the right thing for me or is the agent just trying to make a few bucks selling me this policy? So everybody always has that, that, uh, you know, that thought in the back of their mind. And I will tell you that one of the biggest bugaboos the insurance, insurance agents have is when, uh, and I get a lot of calls from these, and a lot of friends, I've got a lot of friends in the insurance industry, and it drives them nuts that they recommend umbrella policies to their clients, and the people don't do it, and then their financial advisor tells them to do it, and they call up and they have the insurance agent uh, put it in. It's like, why, why, why will they only listen to the financial advisor and not us? You know, we've been telling them this for years. You hear, we hear, I hear that all the time. Right. So, but no, it's it's really good. Uh, it's good coverage to consider, especially if you have assets that you want to protect. It's also not a bad idea to make sure you know you talk to an attorney and see what your overall exposure is, and he can help you figure out what the right amount you know could be, or your financial planner. Um, insurance agents are a good source for that too, since you got to get the insurance the insurance coverage through them. But uh, it's smart to have. And while we're on that particular subject of liability. Um, just to switch gears for a second. You know how we were talking in the last segment about inflation and, and such? Well, I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that we're in the middle of right now is you, if you haven't noticed that you know, the cost of all raw materials are a lot higher than they were, including labor. And what that's done is it has pushed the rebuild cost up on your house to a lot higher than it was a couple of years ago, significantly higher. So what we're finding is a lot of clients that are coming, newer clients that are coming into us that when we're just reviewing their, their homeowner's policies for the first time, a lot of them are dramatically undercovered. I had somebody come in that was about 30, 30 to 40% under, undercovered on their dwelling last week. Um, and these are, real, these are fairly intelligent people. So this is happening a lot out there. So if you haven't had your homeowner's policies policy reviewed in a while, 
give your agent a call and ask them to go through a cost estimator with you to make sure that you're where you need to be. Because the last time, the last thing you ever want to find out is that you were underinsured when you have a loss. Because that's usually when people figure out they're underinsured is when they have a loss. So be proactive. Reach out to your, uh, your uh, homeowner's agent. And uh, don't just talk to them about the umbrella policy we just chatted about. Ask them to do a replacement cost estimate on your home to make sure you're properly insured. Because right now a lot of people aren't. Right. Well, that's you talked about supply chain and the cost of materials. How about just the the assessment of the house itself? I mean, do you, is would that also affect your coverage if your house was worth two hundred and fifty thousand four years ago and now it's on Zillow for five hundred thousand? Should you adjust your policy because well, of that? Well, that's a that's a really good question, John. It's a and it's a a, a big misconception. So essentially, rebuild costs are a function of the square footage of the house. So a zill, I think, I think about an extreme, right? Take a, uh, a lakefront cottage on Lake Winnipesaukee. It could be a shoebox of a house that might cost you $100,000 to rebuild. But the value of the property might be $1.5 million simply because of the land. So the land value has a significant is a significant contributor to the value of a property. So the rebuild cost of the house, however, is a function of the square footage, the type of construction and uh, raw materials that are needed to rebuild it, just like it is. So the Zillow value may, uh, doesn't, it, it, I mean, it can, it can have an impact in some degree, but not like you think it does. It's really the square footage cost, where you live. You know, you live in Wellesley, a 3,000-square-foot house is going to cost more to rebuild than other places. So goes, when they're doing those cost estimates that I was just talking about, they actually put in the zip codes because the, the, where, what your zip code is has an impact on what the rebuild cost is in that area. Because a lot of you know, custom builders in, in, uh, you know, in, in, in Weston or Wellesley or you know, some of the higher-end communities cost you a lot more. Um, so that's how they go by. Uh, they... they, they figure out what the rebuild costs of your house are. Raw That's, material, man labor, right. things like that. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, I mean, who wants to review their homeowner's policy, right? So, yeah, especially the week before the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I would imagine things have changed so drastically in the last 18 months that uh, just about everybody's uh, re- rebuild cost would, would be too low. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what we're finding. And a lot of people think that if they have that automatic inflation guard in their policy, that it's going to inflate up. But that those, are kind of, those are fixed at, a, at a, you know, a certain percent each year. Well, we've gone through a few years of, uh, of, of, of hyper-ish inflation. So most people, I find, are underinsured to begin with by, a, by sometimes a significant amount. But even more so lately because of all the inflated costs of, of, of rebuildings. Thank you for joining us today on our Financial Fridays podcast. I hope you found the information useful. And if so, feel free to share this podcast with people who may benefit from the topics discussed. Subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridays.com.